We are honored to have Pastor Griselda in the house with us this morning. Welcome to everyone on the live feed that has joined us. We love having you join us every Monday to be in the glory with us. But Pastor Griselda is an awesome woman of God. She's been a part of this church for over 10 years. She's one of my best friends, and you guys are blessed to have her uh, speak to you this morning. So please welcome Pastor Griselda. You could do better than that. Hello, hello, hello. It's so good to be with you this morning. Um, it's so special to be here with you guys, knowing that how many years ago? Seven years ago, I was sitting right where you were, more than that. Um, experiencing what you're experiencing now. Some of you guys are just coming in this school year. Your life has been flipped upside down. You don't even know what happened. I remember signing up for Bible college and knowing that I wanted to live for Jesus, knowing that I wanted to tell people about Jesus. And when I said yes to going to Bible college, I had no idea the dedication, the commitment that was going to be required of me and how drastically my life changed, just being fully committed to the ministry, fully committed to the Lord, um, and being a responsible adult outside of that and taking care of my bills. But God is good, and he is faithful, and he saw me through it, and if he saw me through it, he'll see you through it as well. Amen? Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about being a faithful servant, which goes right with, you know, the worship time that we had. We were talking about God being faithful. He is so good. He never fails us. Amen? And so as children of God, as men and women who belong to God, we ought to always be faithful servants. Now, I know I'm talking to a group of people who've laid down their lives and saying, hey, I want to live for Jesus. I want to tell people about Jesus and do the ministry. But guess what? Each and every day that you wake up, you have a choice on whether you're going to be a faithful servant or not. You have free will to the very last day that you take, you take your last breath. And so I want to encourage you because I understand the spiritual battle that you are up against. I understand that you have bullseyes right on your back and the enemy is out to kill, steal, and to destroy you and to stop the plan that God has for your life. And it's going to be up to you whether you remain faithful to the Lord or not. It's not up to myself. It's not up to Pastor Lauren or even any of your other pastors, it's between you and the Lord. Amen? Somebody say faithful. faithful. Let's turn to Matthew 25. We're talking about the parable of the talents. Matthew 25, verse 14. It says, let me know if you're there, say amen. Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. What is he talking about? He's talking about what the return of Jesus will be like, okay? He says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went, out, went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one who with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off. He dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. Somebody say accountability. 
The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out, hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bank with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has 10 bags, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen? Wow. You guys read that before? Isn't it powerful? The first, I'm going to share with you some points I want to uh, highlight. The first one is... If you scroll all the way up to the top, it says the master entrusts his property to his servant. Who is the master? Who are we talking about here? We're talking about Jesus. Who are his servants? We are. Amen. The master entrusts his property to his servants and he's putting it over your care. He's entrusting people to be good stewards of the bags of gold that he has given them. So everything that you and I have, it doesn't belong to us. Amen? We're talking about bags of gold. Another version talks about talents. The talents that God has entrusted to you and I do not belong to us. They belong to him. The fact that you and I are able to breathe, the fact that you and I are able to have logic, like Pastor Lauren was talking about, the fact that we have good health in our bones, and we have talents and abilities that are all different from each other, those belong to Jesus. And one day we will stand face to face with him and be held accountable for these things so we better not squander them amen the second thing I want to highlight is the master decides who gets what talents the person with five talents might look to the person that has one and say hey why does this person only get one why do I have so much responsibility but the person with one talent might look to the person with five and say hey this isn't fair but the Bible says that the master decides who gets what talent? So there should be no jealousy and no comparison among us. You're in Bible college right now. Some of you are getting to know each other, and you're starting to realize, man, so-and-so has, like, so many talents. And I'm over here in this corner, and I only got one little talent. All I can do is... I don't know what, sing for Jesus, you know? But Lawrence, man, Lawrence can play the drums. He can play the keys. He can do this. You know, TJ is awesome. He's so good, and he's so social with people, and I'm just so shy, and I'm just in this little corner. God, why did you make me this way? Don't we always compare ourselves to other people, right? But the Bible says that the master has decided who gets what talent. He decides what part of the body you play. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 12 through 20. We're going to talk about the body. 
the different parts of the body and how we all make up the different parts. Uh, verse 12, please. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, I would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, I would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Amen? So today, I understand there's a big church, there's a universal church, but I'm talking to this local body right here, right now. You are who God said that you are. Amen? And you will do what God said that you would do if you understand your identity in Christ and understand that there should be no comparison between you and your brothers and sisters. You will not be held accountable for their talents. You will be held accountable for your talents. So stay focused on the tasks that God has given you and you will be faithful. Point number three is some servants work faithfully right? Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, many claim to have failing, unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find. It's easy to talk the talk. It's easy to say, I'm going to sign up for Bible college. It's easy to say, I want to join the church, but when it push comes to shove, you got to put it in work. That's when, that's when it matters. It matters when you face hardships and you still overcome. It matters when you face temptations and you're able to stare your temptation in the face and say, no, I don't want it. I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. Amen. It's, it's important when you have the devil knocking at your door, wanting to make you quit. And you're speaking the word of God and saying, not today, Satan. Amen. There are some that are faithful. And then we have some that are wicked and they're lazy and they don't want to work at all. We have some of those in the body of Christ. We have some that don't want to put in work. And the Bible says right here, if you scroll down, if we go back to um, Matthew chapter 25, we see the lazy servant. We see the one who didn't put to work his talent. He says, but I was afraid, master. I was afraid. I didn't know what to do with your talent, so I buried it. So he has this thing called an excuse. And there's many excuses that people have for why they don't want to put in work. But see, the master can call out the real reason. The master can say, you were actually wicked and you were lazy. It wasn't that you were afraid. You were lazy to put in the work. Laziness is a sin in the body of Christ. You have been entrusted with so much goodness inside of you. But if you don't put it to work, if you bury it, if you become lazy with those things and think things are owed to you, the devil is a liar. The Bible says that you will be held accountable for that because you didn't put it in work. And so in my personal life, I have been a person that has taken my talent and I have at times desired to maybe not put it to work so much. 
You know, I didn't want to accept the full call that God had on my life to preach his word. And so I made excuses and I would always talk about my fears and I would always talk about my insecurities and how I felt and my flesh felt. But as the years have gone by, God has begun to expose and really put his finger on this fear. And as as I've continued to grow and mature and seek God and, and even within the recent years, God has been actually taking this thing I call fear and showing me how it's self-centeredness, how it's actually my ego that keeps me from wanting to put my talent to work because I'm so focused and thinking about myself that I'm not thinking about the work that needs to be done in the kingdom. And I'm not thinking about the great responsibility that we have as ministers of the gospel to put this talent to work. Amen. So we can call these things whatever we want. This wicked servant called it fear. But see, the master has a way of putting his finger on it. Is there something in your life that you're covering up and saying, it's just my insecurity. It's just that I'm afraid. It's just that I'm not good enough like so-and-so. Or is it really just you're being wicked and lazy? Is it really you're just being like me and you're just being self-centered? Come on, we have to be real with ourselves. What is that one thing that would hold us back from putting in the work and being that faithful servant? We have to seek the Lord. I want to give you four points right now that, are going, that, that I live by and that I learned when I was in the 201 class. Four points that I, I think about at any time and any moment that I ever feel like turning away. At any moment where I'm tempted to just give the Lord half. In any moment that I'm tempted to not be a faithful servant. Point number one, and you will find these in a super awesome book. The 201 book that Pastor Joe created for all of us. Come on. You, as I'm, my, the people I mentor and the people I coach, you understand what, where I'm going right now. Because I always say these to people. One thing that's going to keep you faithful to the Lord, faithful to the call in ministry, is point number one. It's always see the Lord. You guys remember those things? Always see the Lord. Always see the harvest. Always see the need and always see your ministry. Isaiah 6, 1 through 9. If we can turn there, please. If you want to be faithful and you want to see, uh, if you want to see years in your life, serving the Lord faithfully, you have to always see Jesus. You have to always put him first. It says in Isaiah 6 verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. He saw who? He saw the Lord. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. Two, with two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am, am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away from you and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. 
Brothers and sisters, if you always want to be faithful to the Lord, if you want to be that one person that says, here I am, Lord, send me, you have to be able to sit back and see the Lord high and lifted up. This is the key to ministry. This is the key to being successful. You need a strong, a vibrant, passionate relationship with Jesus. You need to know him. You need to see him. You need to hear him. And it comes through prayer and it comes through the reading of your Bible. That's it. I can't give it to you. Your pastor can't give it to you. No one can give it to you. You get as close to Jesus as you want to get. Amen. You get as close to Jesus as you want to get. And there is no excuse there is no excuse as to why we can't spend time with the Lord. I talk to many leaders. I talk to elders. I talk to deacons. I talk to pastors. And when they're struggling and I say the first question is, how are your devotional life? How is your devotional life? Well, I haven't re been really having too much time. You know, I've been busy with this and I've been busy with that. That's where your life comes from. That's where your passion and your desire comes from when you're meeting with Jesus. And if you're able to see him, you're going to be hungry to see, to be sent out just like Isaiah was. Amen? You have to read your Bible. Come on, D.L. Moody said, which really just blessed my heart, prayer is you talking to God, but you reading your Bible is him talking to you. Sometimes we're dealing with situations. Maybe you're, you're in a relationship you really shouldn't be in. And then you're, you're thinking, you know, well, I'm still praying on it. I'm still praying about it. Hey, God already spoke on that subject. What are you praying about? I'm still praying about my call. I don't really know what God has called me to do. He already said, go and preach the gospel to all nations. Amen. What are you praying about? We have to be in the word. We have to, have to stop making this just a spiritual treasure hunt. Jesus, the word of God has already been spoken. He is ready to speak to your heart. When I'm in the word and I'm, I'm reading the scriptures and I'm going through the New Testament, I'm going through the wisdom books and all this, man, my heart gets convicted. I don't need my husband. I don't need Pastor Lauren, Pastor Nancy knocking at my door, calling me all the time, telling me you did this and you did this and I sense this in your heart because I hear from Jesus. Amen? When I read the word and I see, oh, man, that cut to my heart. Maybe I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have said this or I shouldn't be thinking this. What do I do? I repent and I keep going. I don't stop. I don't stay down there. I keep going, but we have to see the Lord. We have to be in his presence. Amen. We have to be in prayer. That's where your life, that's where it's built. You know, I see the reading of the Bible. I see the having the prayer life. I see the Christian fellowship as you're building on this foundation. And I've shared this so many times. But if you're lacking in one of these layers, if you're not praying or you're not reading your Bible, or you're not surrounding yourself around brothers and sisters who will hold you accountable, your foundation is going to get shaky. We build upon the foundation of who? Jesus Christ, right? But we're building, then we're, we're continuing to build our faith, brothers and sisters, doing one or the other, just coming to church, just hearing us preach, just coming to Bible study. That's not enough. You got to meet with Jesus. Amen? Let there be no excuse. A lot of times people say, man, I need me time. I'm so busy. You know, my children are doing this. Ah, it gets under my skin. You know, even if I think it sometimes, I'm like, oh, I just need some quiet time. I just need me time. I need to go, you know, to get a massage or something. Well, you need God time first before you get your me time. Amen? You need to seek the Lord first. All that me time, that's, that's not going to satisfy. It's only going to be superficial. But if you want to go down deep, you have to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? 
Point number two, always see the harvest. Turn to, with me to John chapter 4, verse 34 through 38. We want to be a faithful servant. We want to be faithful to Jesus. We don't want to bury our talents, and this is what we're going to do. These are the things we're going to apply to our life so that we do not become a wicked and lazy servant. Amen? John chapter 4, verse 34, he said, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Amen. There is a harvest of souls out there that is waiting for us to not be so consumed with ourselves. There's a harvest of souls that is out there waiting for us to just bring them in, to welcome them in. I just think to myself, wow, when the Lord is going to bring in this massive harvest we're believing for a hundred thousand souls here in the city of Chicago are we ready for that harvest can we see the harvest are we ready to disciple these men and women of God are we ready to take them in to love on them to connect them we have to keep our eyes on the harvest understanding that God has called us to work these fields amen point number three we ought to always see the need turn with me to Luke chapter 10 verse 33 through 34 this is Jesus speaking about the Good Samaritan. We have to always see the need. There's people hurting around us. There's people who need to hear a word from the Lord. There's people who need to, even just physical needs to be met. And we ought to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The Bible tells us that he who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. And so if you're in a slump today and you're, you're not seeing the need, I want to encourage you to go out and meet the need of someone so that you yourself could be refreshed. Do not be like the religious man that walks by the person who has a need, but be like the good Samaritan here. It says, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for the extra expense you may have. This man went above and beyond. He left him. He entrusted him into the care of somebody else. And then he even came back and took care of any extra expense he may have had. Brothers and sisters, we ought to be a generous people. We ought to be a, a people who meet the needs of others and who are looking for ways to love on people. We ought to be like the Good Samaritan. Amen. Amen. This will fire you up. This will keep you going, and this will keep your eyes off of yourself. And last but not least, I want to encourage you to always see your ministry. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 is the last scripture. As we go there, I want to invite you to come to the front as we're going to just close out in prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21 Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What ministry did he give us? 
of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Amen? We are called to this ministry. We're called to reconcile people back to him. What he did in our life, he wants to do in us and he wants to do through us. Will you be a faithful servant? Will you put your talents to work for the glory of God? Or will you bury them because of excuses that we make? Maybe you're saying, man, I'm giving it my all. Well, praise God. I want to encourage you to always give it your all. I want to encourage you to always see Jesus. To not put yourself on any pedestal. To not put yourself above anything else. But to always see Jesus and to do it for the glory of God. Sin will come knocking at your door. Temptation will come knocking at your door. People will try to come and lure you away and tell you, you don't need to do this all for Jesus, but you need to say, I know what he did in my life. And I know the ministry that he's called me to. He's called me to the ministry of reconciliation. And because of that, I will give my all to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've entrusted so many things into our care. Father, you've given us the gospel, Lord, and we are carriers of the gospel. We are carriers of the good news. And I pray, dear God, that we will always be faithful in preaching it and not hiding it, that we would not bury it. Lord, I thank you for all the talents that have been given in this room, and I pray that they would be put to work for your glory. Father, not for our own glory, not for selfish ambition or vain conceit, but Lord, for the glory that it is due your name. Father, I pray against a desire to quit. I pray against a desire to go back to the things of this world. Father, I pray against a desire to just, Lord, bury, Lord, and hide what you have given us. Father, but I pray that you would fire up our students here, that there will be fresh fire and fresh passion when they meet with you. They would hear your voice and they would heed to your voice. Father, we come against every lie and of the enemy. We come against every attack of the enemy over, over our students. And Father, I pray, Lord, that they would continue to stand. Your word says, resist the devil and he will flee. Father, I pray for a fighting spirit in here, dear God, that when anything would try to come and bring discouragement, anything would try to come, dear God, and pull them away from this path you've called them on, dear God, that they would have discernment. They would have understanding and the ability to resist the urge. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. What I want to do right now is I want to invite the, the girls to come over here on this side.